Welcome to the SaaS Side Lab podcast where we reach you the stories of SaaS founders, entrepreneurs, and CEOs. My name is Luis. I'm the founder of Phantom Agency, a digital marketing agency specializing in scaling SaaS companies. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Jason Demers. He is the founder and CEO of Email Analytics. First of all, thank you so much for being on here today. It's a pleasure having you. I know, you know, people have a lot of things to do, a lot of meetings going on and stuff like that. So I appreciate your time. And to get started, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background and how you got started with like entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, thank you for having me on. It's a, it's a pleasure and a privilege. Um, so a little bit, you know, more about myself. Um, well, I started out with entrepreneurship uh, probably about 12 years ago. Um, <clears throat> I was working in, a, in, in marketing uh, and this is back when, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and, and, and uh, social media was really starting to become um, interesting from a marketing perspective, and not a lot of people were using it for that yet. Um, and I, I sort of saw the potential in using social media uh, for marketing, um, and so I figured I could uh, start up a little side hustle, you know, from a, a, in, in addition to my full-time job, and and uh, make a little bit of extra money, uh, sort of consulting uh, other companies on how they could be sort of getting into social media. Right. Um, you know, and so I started a company called Audience Bloom, um, and uh, just just to sort of do this this side hustle. Um, one client led to another, led to another, led to another. As word of mouth, sort of, you know, they said, "Hey, you know, check check this guy out and his ideas." Um, and eventually my, uh, side income became more than my full-time salary at my, at my job. Right. And that's when I knew, <laughs> I think it's time for me to quit my, uh, my full-time job and, and right. sort of take, take my side hustle full-time. But that was um, never the, the intention, right? Well, it was, it, I didn't start out with the intent of, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and starting a company. And, uh, no, my intent was I want to make more money so I can do more things. Like that, that was my intent. Um, it just sort of evolved into, well, if I want to, you know, keep growing my side hustle, I'm going to have to to do it full time and not be constrained by a full time job. Um, so that was the point for me when, when that, when that number crossed my, my full time salary, I said, okay, you know, it's time for me to, to make the jump. Um, and that was a scary jump, but obviously it was the right decision. Uh, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I wouldn't make, I wouldn't make a different decision. I wouldn't change my decision at all. Um, so after that, uh, so I ran that agency. So, sorry. So that audience bloom turned into a sort of a full, not full. It it turned into a a specialized marketing agency. We specialized in SEO actually, even though I had started it as with the intent of social media consulting, I actually had a a background and a knowledge of search engine optimization. Um, and that was actually more interesting to my clients than social media. So they said, well, this social media thing is cool, but we're not totally sold on, you know, Twitter and Facebook for, for marketing, but tell us more about what you can do to help us get ranked in Google. (laughs) And so I said, okay. Um, so I helped, I, I helped clients, uh, you know, with their Google rankings. Um, and that was, was popular. Uh, and so that was really what led to, uh, you know, to sort of the growth of, of my, uh, of the business. So, um, the, I, I ran audience bloom for about 10 years, uh, uh, and, uh, between it, well, about nine years because I started it in 2010 and, uh, sold the agency in early, uh, 2019. Nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, about nine years. Um, now in early 2018, that's when I created email analytics. And I created that based on um, sort of a need that I saw. 
what had happened was throughout my, my, you know, eight, nine years of running audience bloom, um, I noticed something. All of my employees were remote employees, work from home. Um, and all of their, much of their work could be linked to their email activity is what I found. Um, <clears throat> so essentially if they weren't communicating with vendors, clients, suppliers, or, or, or other sort of essentially communicating over email, it's, it was pretty safe to say that they weren't working. And I, I thought there's, I wish I had a way to see what their email activity looks like. Who are they emailing with at what times of the day on, and so on this, what days? And this is only communication with <clears throat> an employee to a client or somebody else that wasn't part of the team? Well, actually it, it, it looks at all their, uh, I, I wanted to see all of their communication, whether it was internal between, <clears throat> you know, one colleague to another or whether it was outbound to leads or clients or vendors or so on. Um, I wanted to see all of it uh, because to me, email activity was indicative of productivity. Gotcha. And so um, what I found was that um, there weren't any good solutions uh, on the market for just simply taking uh, email activity and visualizing it into charts and graphs and tables and so on. And uh, I said, well, you know, if I need this and if I feel like this would be helpful, there's got to be a lot of other you know, owners of companies, small businesses who would probably also find this helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, I said, you know, what about customer service teams or sales teams who want to know the average response time, you know, that their sales uh, uh, agents are, are, you know, what are their average response times for, for potential leads? What about customer service teams? How, how quickly are they responding to new customers? And what are the, the most, you know, heavy email traffic times of the day? You know, is it, is it noon? Is it 9 a.m.? Is it 4 p.m.? You know, uh, what days of the week are, are, are they working the most or are they seeing the most volume? And so I decided since there isn't a good solution out there to, to, to learn this info, why don't I just build it and make this, uh, you know, sort of a second venture? Yeah. Uh, I had an appetite for, you know, entrepreneurial startups. I, I love the, um, I love the, the process of, of starting up a new business. Um, and so I was sort of, I said, let's do this. So in early 2018, um, I actually in early 2017, I started building the tool. Uh, not myself, I'm not a technical guy, but I hired, you know, uh, talent to, to help me build it. Um, and then launched uh, the first version of it in 2018, uh, which is, that's the version that's still, um, uh, that's currently, uh, Live and like very, very new. It's very, very new. Yes, very new. Um, and we are currently in development of version 2.0, which is set to launch before the end of this year. So in, within the next two months, um, we'll be launching the next version of the tool um, based on customer feedback and sort of all the things we've learned from, from version 1.0. Yeah. So very that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what, what brought me along the entrepreneurial journey and, and got me into email analytics and uh, got me to where I am today. Cool. Super awesome story. And that's something that I typically like, or not like to see, but like, I mean, it's something that I see in the podcast and people that I talk to is a lot of them, they somehow start with some sort of agency, whether it's SEO or social media mm -hmm. or advertising. And they, 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 they have the benefit of seeing problems at scale with the many, you know, whether it's like in your case, you were actually building it for your own um, problem. But in most cases they are looking at this and they're seeing problems that they see with their customers that are experiencing. Sure. That's where that tool comes in. Um, 
so a little bit different, but how, how would you say that, you know, would you say that having the, the, the agency kind of helped this in a way that if you didn't have that prior business experience, you would have been able to do? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I wouldn't have realized that this problem, that there was a need for this kind of tool unless I had had the agency and unless I had been running it the way I was. You know, for instance, if all of my employees were in-house and we were all in the same office together, and I could see them face to face and see whether they're working or whether they're watching cat videos on YouTube, um, that then I don't think I would have seen an, a need for this kind of tool. But as the workforce becomes more and more um, remote and a lot of more people are working from home, I think this is a problem that a lot of other people are, you know, agency owners and and teams are, are experiencing and, and with no good solution out there, that's sort of how I saw that there was a need for, for this, uh, for a solution to this problem. Um, so and, if that answers your question. Yeah. Yeah. And another question that kind of came to my mind, right. Is first of all, is there a specific industry that you you've noticed that comes in and is looking for this, this product aside from maybe like agencies, because what I'm thinking is, Nowadays, you have a lot of different tools where if you're not communicating through email, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not actually working or anything like that. Like sure. you could be using Slack or WhatsApp or really a, a bunch of different tools. So is there a vertical that tends to maybe stick to emails more than others that is looking for a solution like this? Actually, not that I've observed. Um, I'm seeing customers come in from just, it seems like just a random smattering of verticals all over the place. Um, so I'm not seeing any particular verticals now, but you're right. And that is a good point that these days, a lot more people are communicating, um, you know, via, you know, Slack, like you said, or WhatsApp or any, or really any number of other communication channels, you know, even, even phone calls. Um, and so what email analytics captures is one piece of, of the whole communication, um, you know, network, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, to have a productivity tool that captured all communication throughout the day, would it would need to bring in Slack, phone call, tracking, and email, right. and, you know, whatever, and instant message and chat and so on. It would need to bring in all of that to get a true picture of, um, of communication productivity. Um, for now, we are focusing on, on email uh, activity as, as sort of one indicator of productivity. And you know, I think that business owners and team leaders will, will understand that this doesn't show 100% of my employees' productivity, but at least it shows a good chunk of it. Um, and I think, like, I kind of realized that there was a little bit of a flaw there too, right? Because mm -hmm. essentially, like, this could be, for example, for, like, salespeople. Salespeople aren't going to be communicating with prospects through Slack or WhatsApp or whatever. Like, they're most likely going to be using it through email. Uh, so that kind of, like, makes sense in that case. Yeah, in my experience, my sales team would communicate the vast majority of their communication over email with with um, with prospects. And so I think that there are many sales teams where the majority of their communication is phone calls or or maybe even 50-50 emails, phone calls, right? Um, but there I, I if there are many firms out there, I'm sure, like like mine where the communication was vast majority email. And in that yeah. case, you can get a pretty good picture from email activity of, of, of what your um, sales team's days look like. Mm -hmm. And sort of that's, that's who I think is going to benefit most from, from email analytics is you know, right. firms that are set up like that. Mm -hmm. Now to talk a little bit more about, you know, the power of the tool and really like what kind of traction you've gained so far. 
I noticed on the website, you have a couple of different features on there that talk, you know, about you like TNW or TNW, I think that's what it is, Inc, Entrepreneur, Forbes and so on. How did you secure those? Yeah. um, You know, essentially we have journalists from time to time that reach out um, when they find something cool. And we've also done a lot of outreach. Um, I'm on, I'm active on Harrow, which is help a reporter out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you're familiar with that, so it's, it's like, I think it's like a reporter out.net or something. Um, yeah. that's a great tool though, because it connects you as a business owner with journalists who are out there mm-hmm. and these journalists will, you know, they'll, they'll put out, uh, needs for sources for various stories. And as you respond to, to their queries or, you know, to their sort of requests for sources, you can develop relationships with, with journalists, um, to some degree. And even if you don't get, you know, even if your pitch doesn't get picked up for a story today, maybe a month or two down the line, it, you know, they'll remember you from, from, you know, a pitch that you gave previously and say, Hey, you know, I'm doing a story about new trends in analytics. Um, I remember your, uh, you know, that you are the founder of an analytics firm. Can you talk to me a little about this? Um, And then I say, sure. You know, so that's, that's a fantastic way to, get in the thought process, get it top of mind of reporters at these various publications. So that's how I do it. Um, So be active on Harrow, respond as any, as many pitches as you can be, be friendly um, and, you know, offer journalists free trials of your software and more than that, give them free access to it. You know, don't just say, here's a free trial just say, Hey, I've just upgraded you to a, you know, free pro account, you know, for life. You know, show them that you um, are giving them something of value, you know, and they will do the same for you. Mm-hmm. That's what I found. So it's all about, you know, um, give and you, sa- and you shall receive, I guess, is a good way to. Uh, yeah. Reciprocation. To yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. What's been the biggest sales challenge that you've faced in the past? Like, what is it? What, the, what does a typical sales process for you look like? Are you sending out cold emails? Are you, are people finding you through SEO? I'm sure that's great right now since you had an SEO agency. Yeah. Uh, so like, what's the typical, you know, process? Yeah. So as an SEO expert, um, all 100% of my marketing efforts thus far have been focused on solely SEO. Um, since that's my area of expertise, I don't need to pay anybody for, you know, to, to do that. I can do that myself with my own time. And so that's what I've done. Um, I have not done any PPC uh, or really any social media other than just sort of, you know, syndicating blog posts on Twitter and, and LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, so far. Um, um, I do intend to do uh, PPC and essentially other, you know, other types of, of online marketing once we launch version 2.0. And like I said, that's coming up before the end of the year. So within a couple months or so, you know, I'll, I'll be sort of ramping up that, uh, uh, that marketing plan. But for now, yep, just all SEO. Gotcha. You kind of cut off there for a second, but the last thing I heard was that you were going to be starting the PPC once um, 2.0 rolled out. I'm not sure if we missed a lot. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I did say that uh, we once 2.0 rolls out, we'll we'll be starting up PPC, uh, cold email outreach. Um, those will be the first two things that that, that we do, and kind of go from there, and see, you know, kind of gauge the impact of those efforts. But for now, it's all SEO. Yep. What's the most challenging thing about growing the business and scaling it, and making sure that you have the right market fit? 
Hmm. I'd say the most challenging thing is, is finding quality talent to support the, the business. So um, I didn't tell you this, but uh, this is, we're on probably the fourth iteration of email analytics. And even though we're on the fourth iteration of it, we're only on version 1.0. So what I mean by that is that I went through three other uh, attempts to build this tool using various talent that failed, that were not good enough for me to, to qualify as launch worthy. And so you can imagine how much time and money uh, I lost just trying to get this, uh, 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 a version one of this tool out. So finding the right talent is critical and it's going to save time, headache, and a lot of money. That's, that's been the biggest challenge. Um, right now, we have a phenomenal team and I'm really happy with the team now, um, but it took years to get to that point. So well, what was it like the thing that kind of clicked, right? Like obviously like just finding the right people is it's hard. Um, so like yeah. if anyone's out there trying to look for somebody or they don't know like what kind of questions to ask, like what should they focus on or what traits should they look for? Is there something that you realized from, I think you said it was four people. Like yeah. how many, how many, you know, I guess like what, what's the difference? Like what changed that you kind of like, it just clicked. Yeah. Um, it's, it's honestly hard to say, but I'll give it my best shot. Um, so for, first of all, um, I was working with offshore developers for the first several projects. You know, you can, you can do that and you can, I would say that when you do that, you, you're going to pay less money because the price difference compared to, for instance, um, you know, a, an American or, someone in Australia or someone where the, the price of, you know, the, the, the wages are going to be higher. Um, comparatively, it's an attractive price point to go with someone overseas. Um, however, what I ran into was difficulty communicating uh, consistently, clearly. And I'm not just talking about a language barrier. Gotcha. I'm talking about, um, you know, working hours. You know, maybe they're only available for one or two hours out of my work day. Uh, in which case there's not enough time to communicate thoroughly enough about the project. Um, and so what I would say I, I would look for first and foremost is um, a communicator, somebody who shows readiness and willingness to be there and communicate and who thinks of things that you don't think of um, and sort of fills in the gaps that you don't even know are there. That's sort of a signal to me that I've found somebody good. Um, one big challenge though that's really tough to overcome is that you know if you're a founder or or a, or a soon to be founder and you want to make an app or something technical but you don't have any technical experience it's really challenging to know whether you're hiring somebody you know who's going to be your developer or your CTO who has sufficient uh, expertise mm -hmm. uh, technical expertise because I can't ask somebody screening questions to test their technical expertise because I don't have that technical expertise. Right. So um, that's a big challenge. Um, I don't know how to overcome that one yet. I, I will say that I think I got lucky and found somebody who has, uh, you know, the technical expertise and also the communication uh, prowess that I was talking about. Um, but I would say that if you have to go through one, two, or even three people like I did before you find somebody who, uh, who you feel good about, that's probably similar to what many founders are going through. Uh, yeah. from, what, from, what I've t from other founders that I've talked to, it's not uncommon 
to have to sort of cycle through talent until you find the right keepers. Mm -hmm. um, so don't, I, I would just say, don't, don't get discouraged because I think that's, you know, starting up a business uh, is really a, a lot of it is a lesson in perseverance. And if you, if you can make it through where other people don't, then, you know, that's what differentiates you from the wannabes. Totally. So that's sort of what I found. Yeah, I think it all makes sense. And the thing about the CTO, like the technical founder where you need a co-founder or something like that, it makes complete sense. And it's mm -hmm. hard, right? Because you don't know what you don't know. So it's hard exactly. to, like, yeah. hard to exactly. know. Um, but yeah, definitely. I think like a lot of people definitely get lucky with that. Um, but also the fact that there's, I think, you know, there's that kind of like desire from both parts of the spectrum that want to create something. So if if you don't know that you can do it as a, co-founder technical co-founder then maybe you wouldn't be as open to doing it um as if you didn't know everything that you need to know essentially yeah you know that that could be and it, there is something fun about you know finding somebody who's just as excited about your project as you are telling them your idea and having them say yeah here's exactly how i think we could do that and oh let me let me let me tell you you know here's here's what i like about your idea and and here's how i think we could do this part even better you right. know having somebody who um you know, who shares that enthusiasm with you and who can bring that technical side. Um, I think it really does help to energize, uh, energize me, you know, at least on the project. Um, so I think there's, there's banes and boons to it. Uh, you know, just, just like most things in life, but um, it is a challenge. I would just say, don't let it, uh, you know, to anybody listening, uh, you know, don't, don't let it stop you. If you have to go through failure, Yeah, that's, that's been my lesson. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Awesome. And, uh, what is the like number one thing? Like if you're going to go back to work right now, like what's the number one thing you're currently working on? Sorry. If I was going to go back to, Oh, oh back. Oh, I understand. Okay. Yeah. Um, what's the, what's the thing I'm working on right now? Right. Well, um, you know, earlier, uh, earlier this morning, I, I was, uh, on a call with, um, my CTO and a designer because we're working on the new design uh, of for, for 2.0 uh, for email analytics. And so um, that was a great call. I'm really, you know, excited about the, uh, about the, the design of the app. Um, so I'm working with that designer. Uh, so if I were to go back to work right now, I'd be working with the designer on, um, you know, creating the mock-ups for the screens and approving them and sort of getting it looking the way I, uh, I, I envision it to look. Cool. Awesome. What's one thing you're not very good at? Well, not very good at, um, well, I'm, I wish I was more technical. I, uh, <laughs> so I, I mean, my, I actually started to try to learn, uh, code because I got frustrated in my own, in my own lack of technical expertise. Uh, and so I, I started using this, um, this app that teaches you Swift and it's, it's by Apple. And I, I think it's, I think it's, it's called Swift something or other, but it's a fun little app. But what I learned as I, as I made my way through it was I might, I might know how to write some lines of code in Swift now, but I have no idea how to actually make an app still, you know, like yeah. I, I don't know how to, what to do with this code. I don't even know where to write it. Like, you know, and so I, I, I realized that the world of, of technical when it comes to code and development is far, far bigger than just knowing how to code. Um, There's a lot, like, I don't know anything really about it. And, and like, I've, I felt like I want to like interviewing people. Like I know the potential of the things that you can do. Yeah. It's like, I go, like you said, like just on a website that teaches you how to code. I'm like, this is not like, yeah, 
know? Yeah. And, and back, you know, 15 years ago or whatever in, in college, I, I even tried to take a course on Java, JavaScript 101. And I remember the professor there said, you know, on the first day of class, uh, probably three or 400 people, you know, were in this class. And he said, only 1% of you are going to actually go on to become coders. The other 99% of you are probably just wasting your time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you know, I tried, I, I worked harder in that class than I worked in any other class, but I, uh, I was only, uh, I was only able to barely scoot by. Yeah. Um, and so I think some people are wired for it and other people aren't. And I think it's okay to realize when you are and when you aren't and sort of it, it as a founder, it's important to realize when you need to delegate, uh, something totally. that you're not good at versus spending your time on something that you are. So uh -huh. identifying your own strengths and weaknesses and, uh, working, you know, on your own strengths is I think a good way to be efficient. Um, and so that's, that's one thing I've learned for sure. Totally. One of the most important ones too, I think, um, but we're getting yeah. close to the time here. So if you could have one thing for email analytics, what would it be? Um, can you help clarify one thing? I mean, because I, I feel like if, I feel like if, uh, if, if a genie asked me that question, I would say, you know, a perfectly working app that looks amazing and has, uh, you know, 10 million users, right? That, that's it. That's it. Like, uh, well, that's hey, a really cool way to play to place the, the question because I very like it is super broad, but that's mm -hmm. like, that's the idea to like really get you to like you know open up and like yeah about the app. Like, do you want to exit it? Do you want to keep on working on it? If someone's asking you to sell it, would you sell it? Kind of thing. You know, um, what I've learned about myself is that in order to to feel mentally stimulated, I need to be working on something, and so you know I. I want to be working on something. I really like email analytics. And so, um, I mean, unless I got some insane offer, I don't, I don't think I would sell it. Uh, I think I would, I mean, unless I had something else to work on right away. Right. Um, for me, it's about the process of building something. I love that process. I love building and I love the competition aspect of it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I love seeing my rankings go up in Google, for instance. And, and, and you know, I, I love seeing my traffic go up and I love seeing my active user counts go up. Mm -hmm. um, and I love talking with customers and hearing what they like and what they don't like about the app right. because it, it gives me opportunity to improve mm -hmm. um, or to improve the app. And I, I want to constantly be getting better at something. Right. And so whether it's email analytics or whether it's another project, I need to be doing something. And so for now, for me, that's email analytics. Um, so, you know, I'm totally, totally happy uh, with where I'm at with it. And my, my focus right now is on growth. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. If you could go back to day one, knowing what you know now, what would you have changed? Um, I would have, well, I, I would have found the right talent from the get-go and not wasted so much time and, and money on um, trying to, essentially spinning, spinning my wheels on trying to get a project right. started. Um, I would have found, uh, when it comes to that talent, I would have found somebody who can work uh, sort of very closely with me, communicate with me on a daily basis, um, and share enthusiasm and excitement for the project rather than feel like um, uh, an item in someone's funnel, mm -hmm. you know, sort of move this client through the process. Right. You know, I, I want to be sort of have that co-founder feeling. That's what I would have found. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I would change. And, and finding someone who can be that for you is far more expensive than finding the agency who's outsourced or yeah. overseas. Um, but it is, it's, in my experience, it is well worth it. And I would, that's what I would change is, is finding that right person. Really, it's, it's a person who, who can be that co-founder, that technical co-founder from the get-go. Right. Totally. Very cool. Yep. And uh, do you have any, any favorite books? Um, gosh, 
You know, I, um, I don't read, I don't read often. I mean, I, I, I read books from time to time, but they're really not business related. <laughs> so um, I would have to say, no, I don't. I, I don't have any, uh, any favorite books to, to be frank with you. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I do a lot of reading, but not a lot of business stuff that would be relevant <laughs> to, to the oh, conversation. Where can sure. people find you online? Well, people can find me, uh, obviously, the website is emailanalytics.com. Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter, Jason Demers. That's J-A-Y-S-O-N, uh, so Jason with a Y. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn and uh, uh, not, not too much on Facebook anymore these days. But, yeah, Twitter, LinkedIn, and uh, find me on the website. Cool, cool, Jason. And do you have any questions for me? Um, you know, I, uh, I don't really have any questions that, that come to mind. I mean, uh, I, I, I appreciate what you're doing and I, I, uh, think you have an amazing podcast. I think it's a, it's super valuable for, for your listeners. And, uh, I feel privileged, uh, that you had me on to, to, uh, as a guest today. Thank you so much, Jason. Thank and you very much. Everyone is watching, listening, whatever it is you're doing with the, with the format, um, make sure you like, subscribe, share it with your, with, with your friends and, uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.